Hallmarkies. This is Jess from the Hallmarkies podcast. We are so excited to bring to you a special interview with Jen Lilly. Unfortunately, while recording, we had some connectivity issues, and while the worst parts were removed, there are still a few areas where the audio and video gets a little glitchy. We're so sorry about this, but we thank you so much for your continued support and hope that you enjoy hearing about all the exciting things that Jen Lilly is doing in the next couple of months to help children in need. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are so excited to bring to you today a very special interview. And I'm Jess, and with me we have our lovely friend Casey. Hello, everyone. I am so stoked to be here. This is going to be so awesome. And joining us, we have one of our favorite hall stars, Jen Lilly. Thanks for coming on, Jen. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. My cheeks already hurt from smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a crazy time, so it's nice to be able to to see and interact with other people. <laughs> you know, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're a mom of three little ones, so I'm sure that gets very busy. And I have two little girls myself. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, so it's like the fun but very chaotic stage of everything and being needed and in the house quarantine so I'm sure we're, we're feeling each other there feeling each other yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> have you been surviving quarantine okay with all the kids and everything yeah you know I mean it's just funny because it's gone on for like two months at least here in California and so you know when it first started um Hallmark had this fun idea to like put up your Christmas tree and like do Christmas stuff and it was still cold outside so we were like okay and now it's like <sighs> we're like got a blow up pool in the backyard thinking we have a little bit of a yard now which is great and so the boys are out there like in their underwear uh representing my Virginia roots like bare butt <laughs> in their pool because there's nowhere else to go so yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah they, uh, they uncovered the pool at my uh my complex but I'm like we're not allowed to go in it. So it's like teasing me. I'm like, I can see it right outside the window. <laughs> yeah, we've done the same thing with our pool too. And the girls will just like, they would dive right in and all their clothes or they'll just take all their clothes off and go if they wanted to too. So it's, it's been nice having really nice weather here. I'm in Northwest Florida. So. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and jump in. We mostly wanted to bring you on today to talk about um, your new podcast and kind of the things you're doing with that. Um, but before we did, we Casey and I wanted to tell you a little bit about why we are interested in it, because um, when we pitched this episode, we both kind of jumped on pretty quickly. Like we knew we wanted to be on this specifically because of the, the fostering topic. And so we wanted to share a little bit about why that was kind of special to us before we pepper you with all the questions. <laughs> Hey, I'm excited. Tell me all about it. Uh, do you want to go first, Casey? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, growing up, you, I obviously knew that fostering was a thing, but it was never, I don't know, not, not a lot of people spoke about it and kind of grew up in my adult life and whatnot. And we started going to a new church in town and our church is a very pro foster and adoption. And we have a lot of families that are fostering, um, and they've just been very special because I do a wanna with them too, like the little kids club thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten really close with a lot of those kids and their families, and it's been really neat to see. Um, and then personally, my sister-in-law actually adopted three children um, from the state last year. So I've had like that experience of being like an aunt by adoption, but you know, I can't imagine, I can't remember life without them it's kind of a fun thing um and they are older they are like upper elementary so it's kind of also a different dynamic too because we have all girls and we have now two nephews (laughs) and they're (laughs) full of energy um but it's also been neat to kind of understand I, i i feel like there's been kind of a i don't know misunderstanding about children who are in the system um and you know, just seeing them as children as, as they are, um, it's been amazing. And just learning more about, um, you know, what we could do to support um, children in foster care and um, support families who are fostering and adopting. So that's kind of a little bit my, my story. I told my husband, I was like, you know, 
one day, you know, when, you know, when the time is right, when God leads us to it, you know, I would be so open for it. And I know he, he agrees because we have two girls. Um, but I don't know. It's too, I, I feel like we could, I feel like we could open our hearts to more <laughs> down the road. So That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And um, for me, I guess my interest became a little more in like college and beyond. So in college, I was in a mentoring program for inner city kids. And so kind of learning some of their stories and like the privileges that I took for granted, especially growing up and, you know, a well-to-do area. Um, and then now I, for the last several years, I volunteered at therapeutic horseback riding centers. Um, and one of them in particular focuses a lot on children who have been in some sort of trauma. So we've had kids that are in foster care and, you know, have been abused. And so I think that's where it really kind of um, made me think about those kids and like put that in my heart. And um, I don't know, they're just like, I feel like God has called me to like, there's just like this little like nudge in there that just keeps coming every so often. Like, Someday I know I'm gonna foster. Like kind of like Casey said, when the when the time is right, you know, being a single person, I have a, more things to think about. But yeah. so it's definitely a topic close to all of us. I'm like, do not cry, do not cry, do not cry. It's amazing how when you sit down and you're uh, volunteering as a mentor how hard it hits home because that's very much how I got involved in foster care as well. Um, sort of. I mean, I grew up, my parents were kind of unofficial foster parents. They took in uh, people that were often living in the house who just needed, you know, a, a hand a hand up, you know, they just needed a little boost in life. Um, and so I was already acquainted with the idea of a stranger living with us. Um, I'm not a stranger, but like just somebody that needed help, you know, somebody wasn't a family. Yeah. And so then um, I became yeah. a mentor through child help um special friends program which is kind of like big brothers big sisters and we fell in love with our mentee and uh my husband was like 51 percent of surveyed americans at the time he thought that kids in foster care were juvenile delinquents and you know so dangerous and then obviously he fell in love with her and we tried to foster her but um but we weren't able to but it's okay because she's back with grandma which is like the best happiest story ever she's still in touch with me um so you told us a little bit about like kind of your um, interest in fostering. When you first began, it was your goal to just foster or foster to adopt? Like, did you have a plan or just kind of see where it took you or? Um, yeah, so I know my husband and I really wanted to be like that cool young couple that helped kids and then gave them back. And then we went on like a trip and we were so cool, you know, <laughs> and just like the people who could sleep in and eat cake for dinner and like, you know, be parents sometimes and then not. And so, no, we had total goals of just fostering and that was going to be us. And then we, um, got to, we got the honor of actually adopting our son, Caden, who was our first placement and we're really glad about it, but you know, definitely that was not our intention. So are Caden and his brother, are those, are they the only two that you have fostered or have you fostered others? Um, I fostered another little boy, uh, infant who basically the social worker called me one night at like 10 at night, no joke. And she was like, look, I called everybody else, but I know you're going to say yes. Um, I have an eight month old, <laughs> I have an eight month old emergency placement and I called everybody and it's you or a homeless shelter. And I was like, what? Like you can't put an eight month old in the homeless shelter and shoot. And I was like, so uh, do you mean like meet you? Like, is he at a hospital or, or do you like, I'm setting up the crib now. I'm setting up the crib now. What do you need? So that was supposed to be one night um, while they found a placement for him. It ended up being three weeks. Uh, it was the longest three weeks of my life because he had colic and Caden yeah. got hand, foot, mouth since at the same time. And I, I didn't know what hand, foot, mouth was. Have you guys heard of hand, foot, mouth? I've I mean, heard of it but I don't really know. After having I, children, yes. <laughs> no. It is like Awful. chicken pox on crack. Yes. I, it was like, okay, so we have a vaccine for chicken pox. So like people don't get chicken pox anymore, but now they get this disgusting thing called hand, foot, mouth. And I went through like Lysol and bleach. I, I went through two things of laundry detergent and four cans of, of Lysol in one week. Oh, man. And I was like, do not touch the baby. Like don't breathe on him. So <laughs> When we got Caden's little brother, he was like, so can I touch the baby or what? You know, <laughs> I was like, so it was like the longest three weeks of my life, like trying to keep them like social distancing, like a pro. And then, you know, the baby had colic, but he stayed with us for three weeks. And 
Um, I would have kept him longer because he had a brother. And so we were trying to place the siblings together. So I fostered him. Then the girl that I mentored, she would come to my house for respite. So all, um, all of her holiday or school breaks, she would come with us. Uh, and I think that's it so far. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then at what point were you kind of inspired to, to start your podcast about like the fostering journey and the resources and all that? Yeah, I always want, I love podcasts and I always wanted to host one, but um, as you guys know, and I don't even know, you know, there's so much that goes on behind it, like producing and editing them and, and getting advertising and like uploading them and learning how ratings and reviews go and all of that. So I was like, oh, that's on my to-do list. That's like my dream to-do list down the road. I've got more things to tackle in the meantime. And then um, Deck the Hallmark, the gentleman from Deck the Hallmark, you know, I do podcasts with them because we talk about Hallmark as well. And one of them is actually a foster and adopted parent. And so he was like, hey, we didn't talk about this. And I was like, we should do a whole podcast on foster care. And he was like, well, that's why we're calling. We actually started our own <laughs> network and wanted to know if you wanted to be a host. And I was like, are you kidding me? And they said, we'll produce it. We'll handle all the stuff. We just want you to host it and like send us the raw files. I was like, okay. So that's how it came about. Yeah. But it's been on my to-do list for a long time. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And now I've listened to a few episodes and I think it's fantastic. I've learned so much. <laughs> and I know um, just speaking with my sister-in-law who has adopted, you know, three children, I know one thing for her, she said, is that there's not a lot of resources out there. And, there, and I know you mentioned, I think it was maybe the first or second episode about the community. And I, mm -hmm. I think this is such a fantastic opportunity to just find that community of foster mm -hmm. parents of, you know, maybe they've foster, they're fostering older children or they're fostering teenagers yeah. or babies. And I know for her, because the children are much older, a lot of the, um, the ones we know personally have smaller, younger children, not preteens. And so that's a whole different ball game in itself. So I think it's a wonderful resource. And that's really exciting that that's a connection with Deck the Hallmark. I didn't realize that one of them was a foster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's been, um, you know, for me, it was like the same thing. I didn't have any community. Um, you know, I really hated Instagram. I love Instagram now, but I hated it years ago because I was like, eh, like I'm, I want to help kids. I don't want to like put myself out there all the time. And then I had to kind of have an attitude shift and realize that you could find community through following really cool hashtags. And so that's definitely, like, I don't personally know any foster parents either that, that are here in LA, but I feel like I have a really good community now through podcasts and through Instagram and through following certain hashtags. So it is really cool. And you do need that because you definitely experience foster care burnout quickly. Um, otherwise. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the nice thing about technology now is that like anyone can go on and find someone like who has their story or like is sharing in their challenges because everyone's journey is a little different and people who don't foster maybe don't necessarily know like how it's not like raising normal children. It's, it's very different. And yeah, yeah. you can find someone to connect with and who kind of understands your story. So that's really awesome. Yeah, totally. For sure. So in our next segment, we're just going to talk a little bit about the challenges, um, challenges to foster care. So to kick us off, what has been the hardest challenging in fostering that you would say? If you were to speak to someone that, you know, is maybe interested in fostering, um, like maybe like the two of us, <laughs> what would you, what would you advise or what? I would say that the hardest thing that, that you can hardly prepare for other than like, I'm telling it to you, but nobody tells you this in training is, is what I call playing middle mom. And a lot of people in foster care use that term. So it's this weird, you know, balance and dichotomy of, so the goal of foster care is family restoration and family reunification. You want to keep that family intact um, and you want to be unbiased. And that's one of the requirements as a foster parent. However, guys, we're not robots. We're human, you know? Mm -hmm. And the other part is, is that these children need the attachment more than you need to protect your heart. And they can feel it when you don't give them the attachment. So you really have to dive headlong and just become fully attached to them. Um, I use a hashtag called get to attach. Um, so there's that. But what happens is, you know, children in foster care have found themselves in a broken system through no fault of their own, but because they've been severely abused or neglected, that's why they fall into the system. And that's at the hands of their biological caretaker. Um, 
so when when you play middle mom it's this weird ground especially as a christian of i am trying to love your child well and treat him or her as if they're my own love them as if they're my own so that they can form healthy attachments and syntaxes and synapses in the brain However, I'm also meeting with the birth family because you have to do these visits and they're monitored visits because, you know, the court's not going to allow them to just have like babysitter time with their kids. They need to be monitored and you have to play monitor. And so that could be really kind of this weird gray area where you're like, especially as a Christian, where you're like, hey, I'm trying to love you and I'm trying to come alongside you and, and mentor you and like help you be a better parent. But then at the same time, I have to watch you make really poor decisions for this child that's basically now in my care. And I don't want to judge you, but I also, you're, you know, you're only really able to intervene if the child's in imminent danger. And sometimes they are. And kind of one of the ways that I um, worded it to Caden and baby Jay's mom uh, is I said to her one time, I was like, you know, with this is Caden, I said, you know, I want you to know that when I go home and I have to write these reports, you, you have to write a report. How did the visit go? What happened? Did anything happen? Did they show up on time? Were they on drugs? You know, what was said? Was blah, blah, blah. These crazy reports that you have to write. I said, you know, I just want you to know because they read them in court. When I have to write these reports, like I am not going home and writing them gleefully. Like I am not trying to steal your child. And I think in general, we are both team Caden and we both want what's best for him. And I was like, and I love you, and I want to love you well, and I was like, but you have to know that my primary goal is to protect this child, and sometimes you force me to protect him from your poor decisions, but, like, I'm not writing these, I'm not writing these reports, like, with, with joy in my heart, like, I hate writing them, and I want to help you, so playing middle mom is really hard, because sometimes you leave the visits, and you're, like, angry at parents for not being a parent, or sad, because, you know, you're just, like, watching just like broken brokenness you're watching brokenness and you you're trying to protect the child and there's all these oh like emotions and that is really 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 tricky really tricky and they don't prepare you for it and um they don't prepare you for it in your foster care classes and then also as as a foster mom you know, you can, you can have it really hard for your kids. Um, I reported all sorts of things that the bio parents were doing. It is this really weird, like, oh, I want to love this parent, but I also like cannot let this child back in the situation, you know, right. like sometimes you see them not making improvement and you're like, I have to stop this. It's horrible. So that's hard. Wow. Yeah. That, that is, that is hard. That's a lot of emotion going into that with, you know, feeling upset, with, you know, bad decision-making and then wanting to love them and wanting to do what's right and wanting to love the child and wanting to do what's right for them. That, that's, wow. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot of like tug of war, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so tricky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. And like, it's hard to like not get biased because I actually considered once being a CASA, a court appointed special advocate. Um, mm -hmm. But I actually, for my job, I'm not in law enforcement, but I work very closely with them. And I was like, I don't think I can be unbiased. Like I know like where these kids come from and like their families and like, so yeah, that's gotta be a really tough and challenging thing to like. Yeah, I would say though, I would say though that, um, you know, the unbiased line is, tricky because as a CASO your 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 job is to advocate for that child so you are required by law to be biased toward what's best for that child mm -hmm. so that is your job just like for a judge they have to be biased they're supposed to be ruling in whatever is in the best interest of the child not what's in the best interest of the parent um so I would still encourage you to to maybe re re uh define the word bias and challenge you to be a CASO. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it mm -hmm. bias yeah. for the best interest of the child yeah, yeah I like that yeah. I like that awesome. um is there anything else that you know now that you wish you would have known aside from like the tricky kind of balance with reunification and things like that I don't know whether it's something I, I would have wished I would have known but it was something that I realized um gosh within like 24 hours of fostering Caden and like, I don't know if this is just me and it has to be like, has to do with me being an actor or what, but uh, although I feel like I'm going to cry right now, I'm, I'm normally really good about compartmentalizing my emotions, you know, and that's part of my job as an actor, like be able to tap into this when you need it and like pull back when you don't need it and, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, so 
I had like going in, I was like, okay, I am going to hold Caden and cuddle him and love him because he's an infant and he needs attachment. But I, in my mind would be like, I'm going to compartmentalize this. This is not my child. I'm going to love him like my child. He won't know any different. I'm just going to let him kiss him. And in my mind, I'm going to guard my own heart and tell myself that like, this is somebody else's child. And I am playing the role of foster parent to get him, you know, to the next point in his life. And about, I don't know whether it was even a full 24 hours in, I really felt um, convicted. And I don't know whether that was just by, you know, the Holy Spirit or whether that was just my own intelligence of feeling like he can sense, you know, babies can sense. We do get off energy and that's not like a new age thing. That is like a scientific thing. That's how God created us. We are actually giving off vibrations and children can feel that. That's why when you feel tension in a room, like people are like, ooh, you like cut it with the knife. It's because you can actually, you can feel that. And that's not like a weird thing. That's actually science and it's really cool and I could geek out on like the Bible and like exactly where that is in the Bible. And I could go down a whole rabbit hole because I love Jesus. Like it's so hard. We can make this podcast something completely different, but they really, can feel it. they really can feel it. And so I felt really convicted and was like, Oh God, I'm going to have to fall headlong and just like, let that go. I'm going to have to really treat him like my child. And, and I, that was scary for me, but I think, you know, my whole thing is that if, if my adult size heart with coping skills that thank God I've been given can take on a little bit of this pain that that child would otherwise experience. And that's my responsibility as an adult. This, this child has no, you know, they don't need to be going through this pain. They've gone through enough. Um, I don't know if that was something I wished I knew or, or something you just organically have to be like, oh shoot, like yeah. <laughs> I'm have to get too attached, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a good point too, because I mean, I'm very, I, I'm very attached. I, I, you know, very loyal to friends. And I think that's always been a fear in the back of my mind is getting too attached and then having your heart broken. But I love hearing the fact that like our adult side's hearts can take it for that child. And it's just such a beautiful picture. And um, it's very encouraging too. It's very encouraging to know like, you know, that you can, you can do that and still be okay as an adult. And listen, when I, when I didn't get um, my mentee, Lariah, I was devastated, like Mm -hmm. devastated, did not understand it. And it wasn't until I was actually shooting Paris Wine and Romance in Bulgaria. I was like, I don't know, 14 hours ahead or something. She called me one day and I had lost touch with this girl, the girl I had mentored. And she was like, hey, Jen. And I was like, hi. It was like, I don't know, 11 at night. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I, I just, like, I'm back with my grandma. And I was like, oh, okay. And so like, I started talking to her. I was so excited. She's like, are you crying? And I was like, yes. And she was like, why are you crying? It's like, because I'm happy. And like, when I got off the phone with her, I literally like was prostate before the Lord. Like I have never wailed such relief in my entire life. So, I mean, I do get like, like your adult heart, like does take it. But also I know that like, there is no one that loves these children more than God. No one does. And so he has a plan and a purpose for them. And if you're doing your job as an advocate and you're writing these reports, like based on facts, then, you know, like he's got a plan and it's better than what you have. And like her reunifying with grandma was better than us adopting her, you know, and I still get to be in her life as a mentor, you know? So like, I just encourage people like, just do your part. And also yeah. it's, I mean, if you're a Christian, it's a commandment. It's James one twenty seven. Mm-hmm. You got to take care of the widows and the orphans. So. Right. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> So speaking of, um, speaking of all that, what types of support systems do you have in place to guide and assist you through your fostering journey? I mean, at, you know, at this point, I, I know you said starting off, it was very, it was difficult, but um, do you have a support system like maybe family or friends or is the community mostly through the social media? And I think um, for me, the community is mostly through through social media. I mean, my church understands it more. I was the first person to get involved with foster care in my church. Um, and we're now getting a little more interested in it, which is exciting. Um, then there's just amazing, there's a lot of amazing organizations in LA. And so I've, I've, I've found community, you know, but really for me, huge community has come through um, Instagram because 
you know, my family gets it, but they don't really get it. You know, it's right. like you, only other foster parents get it. Um, but they have been more supportive, especially, you know, they're very supportive of Caden. They were very supportive of uh, his brother, who we call Baby J in social media. That's not his name. Starts with a J, though, obviously. Um, <laughs> So you do, I mean, you know, you get more support as you go along just organically as your family starts to take down their guard. But yeah, I'd say online community is huge. Yeah. Yeah, because that's how you met um, Brittany from Project Orphan, right? Was through Instagram and... Yeah, yeah. And and she was the first (laughs) foster mom I met. Um, Do we want to talk about that? Do we want to talk about what we're doing that's like so exciting that 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 involves Hallmark fans you guys know about? Yeah, you know about it because you play the story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we we can jump right into that. Yeah, for sure. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. They're the good folks over at Skylight Frames. And right now everyone's looking for the perfect Mother's Day gift. And it can be really hard to find the perfect gift for our moms, something that will be meaningful, but, uh, but there's something they don't already have. It can be very difficult. Uh, and I recently was able to get my my parents a skylight frame and it, it was such a fun gift for them because it not only looks nice and is you know a thoughtful gift but it also helps them to connect with their family members and gets to see the photos uh, of their family uh, with greater ease and so it's a really nice product it's a digital frame where people can email you their photos so they don't even have to download them or upload them onto the frame like a traditional digital frame they can send the photos directly to your frame so they could be out uh hiking or doing some activity and uh and just with their phones upload it right to the frame and you can see it which is really cool the the frame sets up in under 60 seconds it has a very easy to use touch screen that allows you to connect with your wireless network and uh, it's an effortless system to send the the photos uh to from your family and and it just makes things very very easy to stay in touch it's a black frame though it looks looks like a real photo you can't even tell the difference between your other photos uh, your framed artwork and uh and it has a 10 inch screen you can swipe through photos with your finger and it has 100 percent satisfaction guarantee if you don't love skylight they will offer you a full refund now as a special holiday offer you can get ten dollars off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com hallmark and enter code hallmark so this is a great thing that you can get for mother's day for your mom and that's ten dollars off your purchase of skylight frame just go to skylightframe.com hallmark and enter code hallmark that's skylight frame s-k-y-l-i-g-h-t-f-r-a-m-e dot com slash hallmark okay first i'll back up and say how i met Brittany. so i was like i said so sick of social media like i was like i hate this like i just want to act i just want to tell stories like i don't want to like be taking photos and like doing filters and like figuring out how it all looks together this is so (laughs) stupid i hate this you know I don't want to see a billboard of my face with my kids. So I was really just over social media. And, um, and then I took this online class about social media and it was like, you know, they're talking about hashtags and I was like, Oh, maybe I'm not finding community because there's this weird thing where they'll, I don't know, censor your hashtag. So I'm like, very vainly now searching for my own posts through my own. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I'm like sitting there, my eyes are bleeding at my desk and I'm like looking for foster love. I'm looking for my post and I'm like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I don't know for legit, maybe a half hour to find out if I'm like have been censored and that's why I'm not finding any other foster parents. And all of a sudden I see Brittany Ray Stokes photo and it wasn't even that compelling of a photo. I mean, the girl is like a social media queen, but it was not that amazing of a photo. And for whatever reason, I totally believe the Lord. I stopped on her photo. And again, I'm looking for my photo, not anybody else's. (laughs) Like, I'll just click on this. So I click on it and I'm like, oh, this girl's profile is so cool. And then I look at her bio and it says, you know, like foster mom or something like that, founder of Project Orphans. And I'm like, I love orphans and I love charity. What's this? So I click on Project Orphans and I start going down this rabbit hole of 
you know, checking out her 501c3, which is a charity, you know, and like, what do they do? And like, how much does every dollar go toward the cause? Because that's really important to me. Guys, if you don't know it, there are so many shady, shady charities that like are charities and they're not actually, they're taking your money and it's not going to helping kids. It's not going to helping whatever the cause. Please do your research before you donate to people. Like it is, it makes my blood boil how irresponsible charities are. Charities, okay? It's a whole thing. Mm, that's a whole other episode. So I go in and I'm like, Project Orphans is super legit. I go back to Brittany's profile and I'm like, she says she lives in Tulsa. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. This girl seems really cool. I'm about to go to be called, at the time, it was uh, the summer of 2018. I'm about to go shoot this movie called um, Love on Repeat. And I'm shooting it in Oklahoma, of all places. And so I send her this message that's like, hey, I promise I'm not a psycho. I mean, maybe I am. But like, <laughs> you want a coffee? Like, is that so weird? You know, like, I'm a foster parent. I happen to be shooting a movie. Like, you can check me out. Like, I'm not that weird. I'm going to be in Tulsa. I'm going to be in the area. You know, like, these are the dates I'm going to be in Oklahoma. Are you at all available on any of these dates? Like, would you want to meet coffee? Is that so weird? Like, I just want to meet another foster mom. And I want to learn more about Project Orphans and like, talk to you about what you're doing. If I can support you in any way, let me know. I really was not expecting her to write me back. She writes me back and she's like, okay, the only day that I can meet is August 19th. And I was like, that's the only day I have off from filming, like <laughs> legit. And I already had plans to go to Tulsa on that day because there's a church in Tulsa and this incredible church called Dave Roberson Ministries. And I've wanted to go there for, I don't know, 15 years or something. So I was like, I'm actually going to be in Tulsa on that exact day. She's like, okay, cool. Let's have brunch. So we meet. And then, you know, love each other. And then we realize that we have the same vision, which is basically to take the program that she has in Uganda and make a, it's basically a neighborhood here in the United States, a village here in the United States for orphans and children in foster care. And that's because here in the United States, orphanages do not work. Um, you know, me fostering a bunch of children, that's not going to help them either because there's only so many children you can really give your undivided attention to. Group homes don't work for the same reason. They're too big. Like, like children need individual time with their parents. And so we came up with this concept to basically create a neighborhood or a subdivision here in the United States where each family and each home is a licensed, and foster, uh, licensed foster parent who's totally willing to adopt the children in their care, also wants to rally and uh, come alongside the birth families and really aim for family restoration, restoration, but who are, you know, willing to adopt when necessary. So we started doing that. I partnered with her for my... Um, album my debut single king of hearts we gave a little boy named john in uganda heart surgery if anybody remembers that to save his life it was incredible set off my album launch for another year because i found out that i was pregnant and mother Teresa says if you want to change the world and do uh go home and love your family which i'm like oh you know and i started thinking about it and i was like how can I save other people's children if I'm not even, you know, taking care of my own family? So I decided to enjoy my pregnancy, be pregnant, handle Caden's adoption, got that done. I was taking in his brother at the same time. I was pregnant. So I was like, I got a lot on my plate. I don't know what I can do with you. And in the meantime, I was getting my copyrights and stuff back as a musician. So I was learning all about like ugh, the music industry. And I, you know, basically I've always want, I have always had this dream of, being like the Tom shoes of music. So when you buy my music, you give back to kids in need. Music industry, not so much into that. So I had to also take the time to get my copyrights back so that I could do it my way. And now what we're doing, God's divine timing. So I'm launching this awesome, awesome global online talent contest. Okay, so think of it as Kickstarter meets America's Got Talent. <laughs> I love it. Or like India's Got Talent. It's for everybody, okay? It's a global talent contest. Any talent will do. There's different categories. Anybody can enter because I really believe that everyone was created on purpose, for a purpose, and has unique talents and gifts, whether you think you do or not. And even if it's funny, like even if you're like, I am actually the world's worst baker, fine. You have a talent. You're the worst <laughs> baker in the world. You can enter. Um, but here's what's really cool. So the grand prize is it's free to enter. The grand prize is $10,000 cash plus national press. Plus, if you enter one of the career categories, then we're going to help you actually make your dreams a reality. Now, I have partnered with lovely Hallmark Channel, which we all love, to create a specific no talent required category <laughs> called Hallmark Fan. 
All you have to do to enter as a Hallmark fan is make a quick video saying why you love Hallmark Channel and what it would mean to you to win. You could potentially win $10,000. That's the grand prize, all right? Mm -hmm. But regardless of whether you win first place, you're still going to win the Hallmark category, which means you get to be in a movie with me, a Hallmark Channel movie with me, and you get to go on a set tour of Home and Family, and at bare minimum, you're also going to win $500 cash. So it's a huge win how my album is going to be tied into it. So the month of May, which is Foster Care Awareness Month, that's the call to enter. Anybody can enter in the month of May. May 31st, voting is going to shut down at midnight. Starting June 1st, people are going to ask their friends, family, fans, whoever, to vote for them. All of their supporters get one free vote. All right? Now, to raise money for charity, what we're doing is you can buy votes. So it's $1 per extra bonus vote. So if you buy 10 votes, you support your contestant. They get 10 votes. Uh, that $10 is also going to give you my album. That's how my music is tied in. And that $10 also goes 100% of my profit goes to helping to build Project Orphans USA, to build that neighborhood here in the United States. That's what we're using the money for. And so there's all different sorts of voting bundles, but that's how it works. That's going to be in the month of June. And again, like, you don't even have to have a talent to enter. If you love Hallmark, <laughs> we're going to give you an awesome Hallmark prize. Yeah, I love that. There's awesome. like so everyone, and you can't lose because you're raising money to help orphans. So exactly. That's why I'm saying like that's why I'm saying people are like I don't have a talent. I'm like, dude, even if you can't do a push up like me, if you're like I am the weakest person in the world, I don't care. I want to see it. Just make a video. We're just gonna have fun while we're all sheltering in place and we've run out of things to do. Here's something you can do, and you're gonna raise positivity and awareness and help kids and like maybe be in a Hallmark movie with me. Yeah. Can't say no to that. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and so I assume that all that information is um, on your website, on your... Yeah. Yeah. So it's on my website. Um, they can go to jenlily.com or if they want, they can, they, or if they're like, dude, sign me up right now. Just go to orbit.com with three eyes slash voices that give to enter. Awesome. Right. We'll make sure we'll put that all in the show notes. So excited, guys. Yeah, we're gonna like change, we're gonna change the world. It's amazing. Yes, and I love the fact that your music is giving back too. That is awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks. Because I mean, what's the point of having a platform? Like mm -hmm. honestly, like get off the stage if you're not gonna do something with. I can't. I cannot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So we're also, cause we've been doing a lot of rankings lately um, mm -hmm. as part of the podcast. And so we're not gonna do a full ranking, but we wanted to give our, each of our top three Hallmark movies, well, not Jen Lilly movies, not yes. necessarily Hallmark because I kind of cheated. But and I think <laughs> okay. so far we've done a ranking for Andrew Walker. Paul oh, nice. Um, and they've all sat in on, you know, the comments. So that's, that's, that's a fun one to listen to, yeah. too. So. And yeah, Nikki Deloche is also coming on this week. Well, not um, airing, but recording. Recording. I love Nikki. I'm going to try to get her to be part of my contest. Oh, that would be awesome because she yes. sings too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. A little, yes. you know, music thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Casey, would you like to start with, sure. with yours? I will start with my number three, my bronze Jen Lily movie. <laughs> um, I put down Harvest Love. Um, nice. I, so I, I love fall movies. I, I love the fall and it's probably because I'm in Florida and I have two seasons here, hot and hotter. <laughs> we don't get yeah. any of the fun fall things. We try, but it's hard to go pumpkin patch picking and, you know, the hay rides at <laughs> 95 degree weather in October. <laughs> so yeah. I do love, I love a good harvest movie. Um, and for me, the storyline, I just really enjoyed the storyline about the working mom aspect because I'm a working mm -hmm. mom and I have, you know, two small children. I do have a husband, so that's a little mm -hmm. different from the movie, but it kind of, it kind of helped me go, oh, okay, it's, it's okay. It's okay to do, you know, to release the mom guilt of working. And I, I feel like Luna, that character really found that in, um, you know, going up to the farm and just finding herself again. And then she, you know, she started her own clinic, which I wish there was the second movie <laughs> just because yeah. I feel like there wasn't enough, um, love between the will, between Lil, uh, will and Luna. So it would have been mm. nice to see like a, a second, like, what are they up to now? And how's, 
you know, how's his farm going? And how's her, <laughs> how's her practice? And maybe a wedding. It would yeah. be a great June weddings movie for yeah. Hallmark. We don't get enough sequels in Hallmark. We yeah. need more of them. <laughs> it's so funny. We talk about that all the time. Like Ryan and Hallmark and I, we're always like, guys, when are we going to do it? Like everybody's like on board and then they're like, okay, bye. And it's like, <laughs> well, are we going to do it or not? <laughs> <laughs> so that is my number three. Awesome. Mine was Dash of Love because I love cooking movies and I thought this one was like more unique than the other ones Hallmark has done because a lot of those are centered around competitions and this one was like they get fired and like <laughs> go off on their own and so I thought it was really more unique and I love that your character's like cooking style she would use like really random stuff from the yeah. kitchen, which made me think of Chopped, which is my favorite Food Network show. So I'm like, yeah, we got that going. And it was just really fun. Like it was good chemistry and I love witty banter. And there was a lot of that too, so. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That might be my favorite one. I love working with Brendan. He is so funny. Though, he, I mean, it was my first Hallmark movie. So like, it's really, really special to me, but yeah, anyway. He would make me laugh and then they'd be like, okay, and action. And I'd be like, I was like, I need you. it's too funny yeah all right so my number two is winter love story and you star in this with kevin mcgarry Mm -hmm. and so it might be slightly biased to just because i'm a big hearty love when calls the heart and i do love kevin mcgarry Um, but I love a good road trip and it was a different road trip too. It was the, the book tour. So that was also really fun to see the, there was a purpose in business and road tripping and love the banter between you and Kevin's character. And I enjoyed seeing Cassie's growth too. She was very, she's just, she made me laugh because it would probably be me just stumbling over my words and getting stage fright and her, her growth in that movie and getting that confidence back was also fun to see. Um, so that is my number two. Do you have any fun tidbits about that movie that you can remember? Gosh, we were just so freezing. <laughs> I think, oh, I was pregnant in that movie. Oh. I found out I was pregnant while we were filming that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. There's a fun tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number two was Mingle All the Way because it's my favorite Hallmark trope, which is funny because it's ridiculous in real life to to try to pass (laughs) off a fake boyfriend, but I love it in a movie. I don't know why. It just, it works for me and I think it's hilarious and I just thought it was a lot of fun. (laughs) I love that movie, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, you're talking. fine, you're fine. <laughs> and it was like a little different too. Like there is like, they had the app thing going on and I don't know, it felt a little different than some of the other um, fake boyfriend ones, but I really, I didn't have a chance to rewatch it because it wasn't available um, anymore. So I was like, darn it. But I did really like it. Yes, hey, I remember I pro- enjoying that movie too. That's good. I produced that one. So that makes me really, really happy. Oh, <laughs> yay. I did not know that. <laughs> Those are all fun yeah. facts. <laughs> all righty. My number one is one that's already been said. It is Dash of Love. Um, I love a good, and it's probably because I love food, but I love a good cooking movie. I thought the banter in it was so much fun. I thought Holly Hansen was a fantastic villain. Because yeah. sometimes with the Hallmark movies, the villains aren't villainy enough, but oh, she was awful. <laughs> So kudos to that actress because she just, she did a fantastic job. And um, I really loved, um, so I don't know if you know, but on the Hallmarkies pod, we are all about um, multiple kisses in a movie. And I know there weren't multiple kisses, but there was a very long hug and there's a lot of romantic (laughs) tension in that. And so I just love the fact that we got that and that it kind of showed the emotional connection but the whole, oh, we can't date because that would be not good. And it, I just loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So it's my number one. Yeah, I forget. There's only one movie where I've had a multiple kiss because I didn't even know that Hallmark really allowed that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very rare. rare. It's rare. It's rare. But it happens. It does. 
It's happened more, I feel like it's happened more recently. Um, They're finally listening. We yeah. want more. <laughs> yeah. But there, it's usually the almost kiss that happens. Mm. Yeah. It is the almost interrupted. Kiss. Yes. It's, oh, the interrupted kiss is a trope. I mean, that is like, <laughs> you have to have it. Um, but I didn't know the multiple kiss thing was a thing. So like mm-hmm. I, I produce and write. So maybe I'll be like, guys, I've heard from the fans. They want. <laughs> yes we are all about multiple kids when it happens everyone's like oh! on twitter there's a kiss and there's still 30 minutes left you guys <laughs> that's amazing yeah and i think it was the um tyler oh. hines fall movie from a couple of years ago the one he did with taylor cole can't remember the i love her but there was a there was a there was a Two, I think there was two kisses in that, and everybody just like fell over. <laughs> Live tweeting, dead. Yeah, Second so kiss, <laughs> knocked them dead. Yes. So the long hug is very acceptable, especially in that moment. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. And my number one, I kind of cheated because it's not Hallmark, but um, I <gasps> chose the spirit of Christmas. I know it wasn't Hallmark, <laughs> but it's Hallmark adjacent because it was written by Tracy Andreen, who's written lots of Hallmark movies, so it counts in my book. And it's um, on Hallmark movies now. That's true. Yeah, that's my favorite too. Uh, well, that's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I like all of them. I like Mingle All the Way and Dash of Love particularly as well, and Winter Love Story, all the ones you named. Um, I like them all. But yeah, I really loved um, Spirit of Christmas because it was so well written and fun fact about that so that was also that was actually an independent movie and Hallmark did bid on having it be an official Hallmark movie they wanted to purchase it but Lifetime actually outbid Hallmark so it was originally a Lifetime movie but it's originally an indie movie that went to Lifetime but now it's on Hallmark channel now or something on their app yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow yeah yeah, I like that it was it was very different. You know, it wasn't a classic Christmas story. And, you know, usually I don't go for a movie that's a little supernatural. Like, it's not usually my interest. But I think it really worked because it was this, like, nice, like, juxtaposition of, like, historical and modern. And it was funny. Like, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> like, yeah. Just he was yeah. all, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it was more like, because I'm, I'm the same with you. I don't like supernatural stuff. But I felt like it was more um, akin to like a fairy tale, like Beauty and the Beast, like he's a beast, yeah. he's a beast, because he's cursed, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and because it was like so different, like it gave us a chance to see more of a range of like, even just your own acting. Is- I was allowed yeah. to cry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, listen, Dash of Love was my first movie that I did with Hallmark, and Brendan Penny, one of the things that he said that made me laugh so hard, and they actually made me reshoot the scene, is um so like um what's her name nikki is that her name yeah nikki Nikki. gets um she she, yeah she's like having success with with the restaurant and there's this moment where she opens up her pop-up shop and she sees it filled and it's before like holly comes in and you know like whatever and and she is supposed to it says in the script like her eyes well up right like she gets really emotional and she's like hey can you just give me a minute you know and then she goes out back and that's when they have their dance right and she's Mm -hmm. like hey are you okay well, of course I can make my eyes well up. I did a soap opera. And so I had that emotion. They were like, oh, that's too much. And Brendan Penny goes, there's no tears in Hallmark, Lily. I was like, I'm crying. They were like, that's too much. That's too much. But in, but in Spirit of Christmas, they actually let me cry. So Yeah, you got to do a lot. You got to be scared by a fake, like a little ghost in the corner. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's no tears in Hallmark, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hallmark... Um, Hallmark drama. They don't have any movies. Yeah. Maybe we can. I know. know. I know. Tearful Mm -hmm. one there. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to get them to do, I'm trying to get them to do a whole series on foster care, actually. (gasps) That would be awesome. I know. Yeah. We need more like that. Yeah. Like a This Is Us Hallmark style. I wrote it before This Is Us, by the way. Just just throwing that out there. Anyway. (laughs) It'd be like a This Is Us meets Instant Family. It'd be like, family. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. That would be so awesome. And I love the series. They always do a ma- great, a great job they on do all the really series. series. Yeah. They do. Yeah, they so. do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also polled the fans on Twitter to see what their favorites were. And I think most people like kind of agreed with us for the most part. Um, Winter Love Story beat out Harvest Love by one vote. So Winter Love Story was number wow. one. Wow. Beating mm-hmm. out Harvest Love by one vote. So. Yeah. That's really interesting. Good. <laughs> so fun. 
So do you have any, um, anything exciting coming up with your career? I know um, the Voices That Give is a really big one right now, but anything coming down the pipeline that you're able to share or tease? Um, I just got a call actually from Hallmark today saying that a project that I actually created and I'm producing just got greenlit. So awesome. congratulations. So I, I, yeah. So I'm now in production for that. Uh, we're just trying to figure out the whole coronavirus thing. Like how do we do it? When do we do it? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's exciting. But yeah, mainly right now, Voices That Give is going to go on all for the month of May and June. So that's going to have me super occupied. And you know, Absolutely. then I have a bunch of kids. <laughs> Yes. And I'm sure they keep you really busy there too. Mm -hmm. Because they're um, under the age of six, right? I think they're 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 a baby. So there's a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and nine-month-old. My daughter just turned nine months. And then I actually have a 21-year-old now too, Mm -hmm. who aged out of foster care. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for for coming on with us. Um, Do you have any social media you would like to share? I know we talked about your website. Um, Any other way you want fans to be able to connect with you? Yeah, Instagram, which is just Jen underscore Lily, L-I-L-L-E-Y. That's um, my favorite way to interact with people because I found a real community there. Absolutely. And Casey, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Hallmark My Words. I'll be live tweeting the movies as they come and as I have time <laughs> between taking care of children and working and momming and all that good stuff. So. Yeah. You can find me at Jess BSW blog on Instagram and Twitter, or check out my website beneathstillwaters.com. And you can also follow the podcast at Hallmarkies Pod or Hallmarkies Podcast across all social media, including iTunes and YouTube and all of that. Please feel free to give us your reviews and ratings and check out our merch store because we have lots of designs, a lot from Casey, who's designed a lot of fun stuff for us and for the different fan groups. So check all that out. Check out Jen's website. Think about the Voices That Give contest. Submit your videos, Hallmark fans, and help children in need along the way. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.